Welcome to the Web3 Music Podcast. I'm Jake Abel, and I'm here to explore the different intersections of music, entertainment, crypto, and NFTs. Each episode, I interview an artist, creator, or builder who's pushing the envelope in music NFTs, artist tooling, community building, and more. Before we get into the episode, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Neon Ox, the premier North American ticketing solution for your next live event. Neon Ox is harnessing the power of blockchain and the GET protocol to change the events industry for the better, using NFTs on the back end and a familiar, intuitive checkout funnel on the front end. Ticket buyers can purchase 100% fraud-free tickets without any blockchain knowledge or experience. Neonox provides personal account managers for each client, and their platform has an integrated secondary market to eliminate scams. Event organizers can even factor in a royalty to these sales and get a cut of secondary market action. They also have the ability to include a free NFT with each ticket, so that interested fans can claim their digital collectible after each event, and organizers can see which attendees are interested in Web3. To learn more about Neonox and how they can help improve your ticketing experience, visit neonox.io and mention this podcast on the contact form on their Start Selling page. You can also reach out to the Web3 Music Podcast on social media, and we will help you schedule a demo of the platform. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm talking with Roy English and Josh Huberman. Roy is an artist who's been making music under the name Jaguar Twin since 2018. He released his first music NFT in March 2022, and his most recent album, 33, came out in September. He also launched his interactive metaverse, The Hall of Mirrors, earlier this month in November 2022. Josh is his manager as well as a partner at Cathedral, a digital design and experience studio with significant experience in Web3 and music, and they're helping Jaguar Twin with his various Web3 projects and releases. We talk about how they got into Web3, Roy's music history, working with record labels, Jaguar Twin's message with 33 and as an artist overall, what the Hall of Mirrors is all about, onboarding fans to Web3, and much more. I hope you learned something new from today's episode. Here are Roy and Josh. Yeah, we really believe in the in the space and want to spread the word. Yeah, hundred percent. That's you know one of the core goals of this is is to you know learn and and spread the word. Basically, try to prov- create some sort of educational tool for you know people to learn more about Web three and music. That's honestly how I how I learned. Most, not most of what I know, but a lot of what I know about this whole intersection is just listening to podcasts and taking notes and then, you know, looking into projects that I heard about and, and sort of doing some independent research. Um, and so this is sort of just another tool to do all that stuff. I saw you originally got into Web3 through FWB. Um, I was curious how, you know, how you initially got involved with them and then what sort of interactions you had within fwb that led you to sort of dive deeper down the rabbit hole uh well fwb i must have been maybe 2020 i'm not sure time time is weird but but josh and 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 the cathedral crew were were working with fwb and i remember josh telling me about it i was like oh this sounds really interesting um so i joined and then just started chatting with people and digging into the whole space and found it really, um, really resonant. And I didn't exactly, I mean, I still don't know what it is, you know, we're all learning, <laughs> um, but, but there's something there that my intuition says, keep, keep diving down this wormhole. So here we are. 
you know, I think it was, you know, <clears throat> it was an interesting time, right? It was probably April of 21. And, you know, we, we were the genesis of, of, of that time period was, was really thinking about, you know, leaving a major label structure with songs that we sort of liked and an idea of how we wanted to put them out but didn't really feel like the situation we were in from record deal perspective or just the industry in general really sort of was set up to like want to do the same thing. And, you know, I think what I mean by that is Roy is just such a great storyteller, you know, musically and, and otherwise just, you know, creatively on such different levels. Stories that aren't, you know, necessarily the incentives of today, meaning that like long form storytelling and like depth of narrative and, and, you know, music is not really a hallmark of a social media world where everything is sort of incentivizing quick blips on a radar that are like, you know, hyper-focused on dopamine hits and like, 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 and sort of templated approaches to trying to get there. And so we really didn't find a home in that sort of world. And, um, you know, it was around that early time of Cathedral trying to figure out what we were. And we were talking with Roy and there was a song Roy had created called Happy Face that just felt so resonant. I mean, it's just such a great song. The label didn't want to put it out. And, you know, Roy was just going deep on sort of what the song meant to him. And it and it sort of created the seed of an idea to like, well, why don't we just not put it out on DSPs? And instead, why don't we like make a website where you have to like smile at the website to turn on the site. And unless you can hold your smile, you can't hear the song. But like, if you could hold your smile during the whole song, then you could unlock limited edition merge capsules and we'd really figure out a way to like bring fans into the experience and, uh, and immerse them in the understanding of the music. And so like, you know, working with Ryan, that experience kind of segued both of us deeper towards the wormhole. I think we, we understood some of the, the premise of, I think the technology before we really knew the technology, you know, we were like exploring. So I think when we found FWB and when Roy and I started talking about the potential with, with, music we just all kind of were like whoa and you know kind of like that mind blow uh and then you just jump in you know you just jump in yeah it really did come from that like you know right now as an artist like do we start making music for an algorithm like you know with with the way spotify works and tiktok and um you know social media and I don't, it's not a, it's not a negative thing, but it's a different thing. And so my desire to tell these long form stories where you can get really deep and bring fans into this like immersive experience with music, I, you know, I think we just saw a potential pathway um, with Web3 to do that. Yeah, totally. I, I, uh, I totally understand, you know, how it, how it resonates. I was looking through you know, your website and some of your interviews and blog posts and stuff like that. And and I could tell that you sort of had this, you know, belief and interest in, you know, connecting with your fans and exploring our sort of place in this digitally connected world before you got into Web3. And then in Web3, all that stuff is sort of at the core of this, you know, music and blockchain intersection. Um, so, yeah, I, th I thought that was cool how, you know, you can see the synergies before it even really started. Um, I'd love to get some of your history, you know, musically leading up to, you know, now I know you've been in a couple bands and released some music as, as just, you know, Roy English, but um, I'd like to hear sort of that journey and how it led to Jaguar twin and then sort of how that, I guess, developed into what you're working on now. Well, um, uh, I was in a band 
in high school called Ayalaska. Um, and we got a, a small indie deal. Yeah, like right when I graduated high school and spent probably three years or so touring in a van and, um, you know, learning how to make records and write songs and then um, have had two different major label deals since then and kind of been through that system and seen um, all the ups and downs. And I've been, I've been able to work with some amazing, amazing producers um, and artists along the way. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a journey and, um, I don't know if, if, if it ever, if it ever ends, I think we're always just here learning and, and doing our best to, at least for me, like tell stories that speak to the human condition and, um, show people. Yeah, you know, I I get to like sit back in the recliner, so to speak, or whatever. I mean, I've, I've been able to watch watch Roy's, you know, and participate in some ways in Roy's sort of journey uh, in music, and it's it's so interesting because I feel like so many of our discussions end up falling backwards into the just exploration of ourselves. You know what I mean? Like much of much of like creation um feels like it comes from like things that you pull in from the world around you and your and your lived experience and and all of these things and and so like the journey of you know i alaska to Roy english to jaguar twin it's been so awesome to watch and i feel you know i feel like from the outside there was a time period where we weren't working together of maybe six years and i remember roy sending me early jaguar twin demos and he's just like you know just talking about he's just felt like in such a flow state and just this sort of like letting go in many ways and this beautiful collaborations he was having with S1 and Matt Pauling and to, to sort of pick up a, a demo and hear this like resonance, both in like, you know, lyric storytelling, purpose, meaning, um, and then also sonically, musically, it was just like for, for me having been through early stuff, I think my immediate response was like, you know, wow, what happened? Like in a good way, because just like an interesting like transition, it obviously occurred. And then you know, Jaguar Twin itself has been such a beautiful transition of watching, you know, you Roy get so much closer to sort of like, um, you know, understanding of the things you desire to talk about and bring into this world and reflect to, to other people. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's a it's journey fun. on, you know, it's like telling the truth, you know, as an artist and what is what is the truth and who and meaning like first being able to tell the truth from yourself, like how do I actually feel? What do I actually think when I'm creating this? Um, I think sometimes as an artist early on, you can get into a thing of, of well, what, is, what, do, what do I think other people want to hear? Um, but it's like, I can't know what someone else is going to like, but I can know if I like something or if I don't, or if I think something can be better. And, you know, I always say the truth is a sphere and I have one point of it and you have one point and we each have a different perspective. And it's about like valuing everyone's, everyone's perspective and coming together to make something beautiful. I think that's so much of what we do with Jaguar twin and building the hall of mirrors is it's, 
looking at things through all these different angles and and building this spherical picture. Yeah, that sounds cool. I heard uh, Rick Rubin talking the other day about how, you know, as an artist, it's hard to really predict what other people are going to like. And it's more important to just, you know, create art that resonates with you and that you like. And then, you know, you will find the people who appreciate that art that you're making. Happy example of that where like I loved the song but the 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 record label I was with did not like it and wouldn't put it out and so it's like we you know ended up getting dropped and then put it out independently but you know that's just a uh one example of you know loving something and then sticking with it and then you know other people liked it too yeah so some people definitely do. um so uh, along that line i think um what have been some of the you know you mentioned earlier ups and downs of of working with you know within the traditional label structure i guess obviously not putting out them not wanting to put out your music isn't a huge issue but i'd like to hear you know what pros and cons you've dealt with along that journey I think labels labels can be great, you know. It, it just depends on 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 where you're at. I mean, for me personally, um, the label that I'm at now is amazing. With, with at Big Loud Rock, and they're they're so um, supportive of of my vision and wanting to make that as best possible. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen crazy shit at labels, but I don't, <laughs> you know, I think they're 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 good and they're bad, just like everything else. Yeah, I think you know it's interesting, right? Because systems set up incentive structures, right, and and those things are bigger than any specific artist, right? And so, like, when you have systems in place and you have incentive structures in place, let that be like a three sixty deal or a specific type of deal mechanism, you know those systems ultimately get set up at certain times when maybe um, environmental factors make sense, right? I mean, we have an education system that is much set up to be based around the industrial revolution, right? Like we live in a different time now. So like those incentive structures or the systems in place don't necessarily make sense one-to-one -one with the world we live in, right? So if you trace all Roy's record deals, you'll find different time periods where there were different pluses and minuses to those label deals, right? I mean, it's like, um, you know, the music industry is utterly complex and that's also just difficult period if you're an artist trying to figure out what you want to do for your career. But then you stack in sort of timing and the rest of your team makeup and all these things. And it's like an infinite amount of variables, which is why nobody can replicate one to one success. Right. Like if if there was a, an exact model of it or a fingerprint, then you could just do it time and time again. So it's really about right deal, right time, right artist, right team. And I feel like, you know, like there's lab label deals that can be massive for, for artists and there's label deals that can squash artists. And it's not to say that something is wrong necessarily. You know, there's there's a there's a, a bunch of things probably wrong and right when it goes well, when it goes well and you know, wrong when it goes bad. And so, you know, I think I think what we came to the conclusion, at least on the business side, talking with Roy at that time period was just really, you know, we we sort of wanted to try to tell deep stories and get out of the social media bubble, if you will, of just trying to juice the algorithm. We wanted to tell the stories in a way that was digitally immersive and that could maybe really start thinking about what do fans get in this whole incentive structure, you know? 
not just like a consumption model game of juicing out song streams, but like, you know, ultimately artists are built around communities with fans who want to participate alongside the artists in some sort of transaction, whether that's emotional or, you know, the way you feel about your life or an understanding of yourself or like a feeling of belonging or whatever the things are, but how can we build, you know, systems and sort of start thinking about what's fan incentive structures, right? And so that's a lot of the things that we've been, you know, that seem to fit at least in the incentive structures of whatever this blockchain world is, right? Is that, you know, we have this ability now to rethink the way we tell stories also in a way that happens to shift around fan incentive structures of participation um, and desire and passion and all these other things. So it's like, you know, all of a sudden there's a slight shift to Roy being much more in, let's call it the driver's seat of his career, you know, making decisions that revolve, like, as Roy said, we're, we're in another record deal right now. Big Loud has been an amazing partner. And, and maybe some of that has to do with, you know, the fact that we were able to really show the storytelling and the way Roy wants to build his own music career. And instead of sort of buying into a system that already existed, are working on recreating a new system around Jaguar Twin that fits all of the things we know to be the way we want to, you know, build, build the career of Jaguar Twin. Yeah. And, I, and I'm also, no, that's beautiful, Josh. And I, you know, I'm also in a very different place than I was when I, you know, signed my first major deal with Republic or when I signed the next one with Atlantic, like I was still largely trying to like find what I wanted to say and why I was an artist. And I think that's, that's sort of every artist's journey is, well, anyone and everyone can make music pretty much. And I think that's a beautiful thing, especially with technology now, like, you can produce and you can sing and, and you can use the tools that make it much easier to make music now. And I think that that's opened up a beautiful new world. Um, but then along with that, it's like, then I think the, the next layer is, well, now why, why am I doing this? And for what purpose? Um, am I putting this out into the world? And the purpose could simply be, I want to have fun. That's if, if that's it, then that's, that's a great reason too. Um, but every artist has to find what that is. And I think at this point I have, I have really honed in on why I desire to make music and why I desire to be an artist. Um, and I would say that is to, to reflect and to be a mirror um, for everyone who listens to the music or comes into the Hall of Mirrors or um, interacts with Jaguar Twin in any way, it's, it's sort of for me to get out of the way for someone else to see themselves. Wow, I, I love that. Much of the much of that, Roy, that you know, has really inspired our team is just that, like that that small notion of like any more that we can sort of all learn and discover ourselves is actually how the external world, you know, is improved, you know, that, that mm. the, the simple, like really telling the truth to ourselves about ourselves is such a, like a, a tool that it feels like not, not all of us uh, in humanity these days sort of have, you know, we don't even know what to believe as truth generally. So it's right. like, you know, it's so simple, but so poignant and um, you know, yeah, I've certainly, certainly loved uh, trying to be that reflection with you, man. 
Yeah, you've been a you've been a great reflection, my friend. And and that's part of, you know, what 33 is all about is 33 represents peace within and peace without. And you see it reflected in, you know, I see it reflected in my surroundings all the time. If I'm if I'm feeling uh chaotic and uncertain or 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 scared of what's next it's like i see that all over in the world and the reflections around me i see it in in my life and then when i feel at peace within like everything just flows and everything externally happens and it really all just does start inside yeah totally you know perception is reality and the way that you know you feel about yourself in the world that's how you'll that's how you'll see things um yeah Awesome points, I think, all around right there. Um, let's get into Hall of Mirrors then. I mean, I know that's, you know, your biggest, definitely your biggest project in Web3, right? And and probably what you have going on, you know, you're one of your biggest projects right now. So I'd love to hear, you know, the inspiration behind it and, uh, you know, what, what it's all about. Yeah, well, I mean, really, it's sort of stemming off the happy face experience. Then we're like, okay, diving into the Web3 space. Um, with a series of of drops where where we took fans through um, through these things where each time the goal was that each time a fan is going through one of these experiences they're learning something about themselves all culminating in this um, you know this this AI which is I mean it really started when when I was frustrated with the influencer sort of culture and like, what do I do in this as an artist? And we were joking, the cathedral team and I, and I was like, if my life was a movie on Netflix, the headline would read 33 year old failed musician uploads his consciousness to an AI and becomes the biggest artist in the world. Only he's no longer in control. And like, we had a laugh and like, that would be a crazy movie. And then, and then Cathedral was like, well, what if we actually did that? Um, and so that sort of led the whole idea of like uploading myself to the internet um, and creating this AI called Saravi, who, you know, I inputted with like, you know, different things I've learned over the years. Um, and I made this spreadsheet where people could look at it and, as the whole thing went, we were like dropping clues and codes and we're still dropping clues and codes for this larger game within the Hall of Mirrors. And basically like fans can come into this metaverse that is the Hall of Mirrors and um, unlock these rooms. Um, but it's all the ways they unlock it by talking to Saravi, this AI um, is, is, it forces, not forces, but it, it, well, yeah, it requires someone to learn something um, to unlock this portal. And it's been a really fun experiment to see people yeah. getting into Web3 for the first time. I mean, yeah, Josh, I, I'd love to hear from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the, the fun part of it was the, like, you know, failed musician uploads his consciousness to an eye and becomes the biggest artist in the world. I mean, I think the the like the level setting on where we were at then is to understand that you know sound xyz you know in, in the space right and catalog and sound there's a bunch of really great platforms 
that are are crushing it in terms of rethinking the idea of music as a collectible on our end again back to rich storytelling like we want to do a few things number one was like Roy had an album worth of songs and they're amazing songs and we felt like they told this really rich story that tied back to that sort of journey of Roy uploading his consciousness AI and, and talking about what it felt like to try to be an artist in an influencer driven world and so we were like well what is he, what, what is a modern album like a modern album is not just drop an album on Spotify and let it be consumed it's like well what would happen if we brought fans into every song differently? And so the idea that like an album could actually be rethought as like an episode of a TV series, like what if the album's just a season of a TV show and every song is, a, is an episode and we tell a story around each song. And so that's kind of like the, the genesis, right? We're gonna drop a, a digital experience for every song laddered up into a full story. But what if every experience, there was like a different drop associated with it in Web3? And so it was like, all right, well, we can't use a big platform to do an album because nobody even had an album smart contract. So we wrote our own, you know? And then it was like, we don't really want just music collectibles to be the only piece for fans because fans should be able to participate if they have no money. Fans should be able to participate with their time. Their attention's valuable. Their time's valuable. Their like sharing is valuable. So we created uh, this idea uh, of, of the Crown NFT. And the Crown NFT is this like really, really cool sort of proof of fandom contract that keeps track of all the things fans participate with in the space so every time they connect a wallet to one of these experiences every time they mint an nft discover an artifact mint outside like on a sound drop they have a different unique trait that sort of shows up on their crown nft and each one is unique to the wallet of the fan that first minted it and so forever we have this beautiful sort of fandom nft that grows with a fan as they continue to participate in the jaguar twin world and that will continue to grow and then the third is you know again Fans should be able to, to dig in. They, they love understanding an artist. Why does Roy make music? What is this album about? And so Roy made 222, we call them artifact NFTs. And we built a system where the AI Saravi had built the whole entire metaverse of Jaguar Twin out of all these artifacts of the Jaguar Twin story. And so fans could search for, could talk to each other about, uncover and discover these interesting factoids about the project. It could be anything from like a conversation Roy had with his dad about like being an artist or something, you know, something deep mysteries of the universe is all over the place, but they're all free NFTs. And the only way that you can mint them is by discovering them with a code that you give to Saravi. So if you unlock one of the codes, you have a, you have a one of one mint and you mint it for free, just gas only. And the cool thing about that was we've, we just found that fans who necessarily weren't like, oh, I want to go spend a bunch of money minting uh, one of 33 edition of happy face or something right that could dig in with their time and attention we're like discovering 15 plus of these artifact nfts and then through that we're like oh man i'm starting to understand this idea of ownership and digital collectibles and like what this world can be for me as a fan and we found that something like that was a much better sort of bridge if you will to an understanding of this new web3 space than like buy a music nft as a collectible and seemed to translate much more for let's call them web two sort of traditional fans. So the whole thing was really like a big experiment for us on like, you know, a six month campaign of rolling out six plus digital experiences, building out a metaverse, three smart contracts, like a bunch of integrations. And I think, you know, we're at the point where we're, we're just so excited with how it's all rolled out. And so we're working on sort of a V2 update that's gonna include a lot more, I would say, just refinement of the metaverse, refinement of the narrative of why we did it, like better FAQs, just things that like we built so much so quickly in probably a little bit of a psycho way. But like we have this really cool AI that exists now and it's awesome to be able to just like chat with the, the AI version of Roy, it's, you know, stuff like that. That's just not you can you can tweet 
ask Saravi and Jaguar Twins Twitter will respond to you as the AI, you know, stuff like that, that we're doing. That's just really fun ways for fans to kind of dig in and, and interact with the project. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's I'll... also cool that fans can, if you know, if, if you discover an NF, if you discover an artifact NFT, then fans can do whatever they want with it. Like they could sell that if they want, or they could keep it and they love it. And it's like, but it's this way to like reward them fans in a way that it's never really been before. Um, it's 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 very very exciting. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's awesome. Fans should be able to participate with their time. I love that. I think, uh, mm -hmm. and that, and you know, it goes back into sort of onboarding fans to Web three. You know, it's it's easier to do when it's free for sure. So I think that's I think that's really cool the way you guys have, you know, intentionally built this ecosystem where, you know, fans who are interested all they all they need is to, you know, spend some time you know in the Hall of Mirrors and and seeing what you've been up to to slowly sort of onboard themselves and understand this concept of digital ownership i think that's uh i think that's really cool it's it's a good way of you know getting your fans into your whole universe um and you have some i saw you have some pretty good onboarding links to your website how to set up a wallet what is digital ownership stuff like that um have you have you been doing any other onboarding um activities like other than sort of posting some links online and on the website and how have you seen the balance between like onboarding your existing fans into web3 versus like finding new fans of your music that are already in web3 if that makes sense yeah. we did one we had one really cool thing where uh we gave there's we have this one fan who's just like an amazing fan beautiful soul wasn't in, into web three at all um and we ended up giving her a couple easy but yo participate in this project and like truly write about like your experience from a fan's perspective and like you know just experience it and whatever your experience is that's fine but like this is what this is what we're doing and it's been really cool to see them um dive into the web three space and it click um to be like oh i see why this is very valuable for fans yeah it's one thing to evangelize at at fans right which Roy, i always have such a huge respect that like you know the way you participate isn't by just being a tech evangelist you know um uh, it's easier for for me as like you know a partner at cathedral to talk about the tech but like it's about music and Roy's journey and art. And so like, we're always really careful about not wanting to like overly hype a space to fans. Cause that's not what it's about. Like when web three succeeds, it will just disappear like good design into the background. Right. And like fans will just be participating. They won't even, nobody be talking about NFTs or your wallet or whatever. It's just going to exist as a part of the ecosystem of fandom. And so, you know, for us, the conversation was just like, you know, they should just be able to experience it. And their articulating is going to be much more clear than us ever telling them what to think. Right. So, so I think that was, that was a really important one there. And then the second thing I would add to that, Roy, because I think that was like such a core pillar of it was just like, you know, it's interesting, right? A lot of web three is sort of meant to break down gatekeepers and barriers and stuff, but also at the same time, like we're so early, you know, we couldn't find a place to drop uh, an album. Right. And so, and by the way, this is no, this is not like me saying a negative thing about the space. We're so early. There's so many beautiful things being built on every side of music. It's amazing to see like huge, huge uh, shouts to everybody building. 
but like there just wasn't literally a place to drop an album at the time so we were sort of like oh well instead of being able to get right in front of you know collectors at the time we had to drive our own eyeballs so we were right back in this ironic space of we didn't have any web free attention you know we had a song that was doing like 50 million streams on spotify but in web3 we were just sort of like hey trust that you can come like mint a music nft that's not on sound over here in this like random smart you know so we we actually faced other hurdles which was like well shoot how do we build something that we feel like is new and interesting and immersive and then go back to that like marketing promotions hype tell the story thing and that was actually one of the biggest challenges for us along the way is you know we're six months in and it's still like you know i feel like we're so proud of this whole project but we're not just like pumping everywhere it's not on everybody's radar still as like you know as what we think it is you know yeah yeah definitely it's i think that's uh you know an interesting challenge going back to you know you're still doing marketing promotion it's just a different sort of form of engagement um have you noticed differences in like you know how you were promoting an album before versus like how you would be promoting 33 or the hall of mirrors in web3 like what are the different strategies and engagement tools you guys have been using i mean from my perspective i'm curious what your perspective is i mean as you know sitting where we sit i feel like the irony is just like it's very similar right i mean yeah I was there on social to, media it feels yeah. so much yeah it feels very similar almost the same it, almost the same and it's ironic you know we're mostly using web 2 platforms to promote you know web 3 drops and and irony that there's still just as much about sort of like influencer driven hype cycles and and things that were much of i think the frustration from web 2 now i would say that like you know in terms of what the meat of the campaign is well it's much more narrative and, and detail driven than i think what we could do if we were just promoting an album on you know in a traditional sense on those same platforms but i think much of the same vehicles, you know, exist there. And, you know, I think like, again, we're also early to a space, right? And it's really hyper sort of like um, central. There's like a lot of the players are all in one place. And when you get them, you tend to get a massive amount, you know, more quickly. Um, But love it. You know, I think like this is all part of the evolution of the new technology that is, you know, that is still yet to be all built. Um, And I think what you said, Jake, at the very beginning of this echoed a lot, which you said, you know, you sort of come in and you start, poking around and figuring out the things that have been done before and you start looking at it all and you run it through your own filter and the things you want to say and then you sort of spit back out some new version or some interpreted version that's and, and I think that's like all creation in some way right it's like we're we're all sort of in real time going through this like what can what should this space be and how do we all put somewhat of our own filter on it and that's also just the world abroad right yeah yeah definitely um so with that like what do you think artists and fans and i guess builders in general need to do differently or maybe continue doing to sort of help continue to propel this web3 music space forward radio i've got i mean well my thought is i would i'd go right back to where roy's at on his journey right is like try to find truth in yourself right like you know every artist should if if they're doing it right be trying to figure out who they are and what they have to say and what they have to give to the world you know and if you come from that place then you tend to find the answers of like what's the next quote-unquote innovation or what should i be doing to drop my music and you know you can somewhat answer a lot of your questions if it emanates from that that place within yourself um yeah so I don't know, yeah. 
No, I, I was. I, I love how you phrased it because I was just gonna say tell the truth, but but you expanded on it in a in a really really good way um, because I think that is what it comes down to is is telling the truth to yourself and then to whatever whether you're building it's like what do I what do I actually want to see in this space what would make me happy what would solve a problem or or you know and and if you're an artist it's like what what do I actually love? Like, what sounds do I love? What do I actually feel? What do I actually um, know about myself? And what is my perspective? And then, like, not being afraid to share that and say that in your art, in your music, in your sounds, in the world you build. It's yeah. It seems so simple, and it is but it also is the most difficult thing a human can do. Yeah. Because so much of it comes from trusting yourself. Right. I mean, I, I, it's so interesting. This is when you, when you, when Loretta and I talk about the bounce back between our parallel lives or the learnings or whatever, like, you know, I guess in many ways I tend to wear the whatever analytical business side hat or Roy's art and creation, however you want to like simplify, even though it's not anywhere near that simple, but, but so many sure. of the things that I learned from Roy making you know, art from that perspective are so easily applicable to business. And it's so crazy. Like it's all the same thing. And so it's like, if I, if I want to go sit in a boardroom or like have an idea for a business I want to fundraise for, or see a new business model or an innovation somewhere, it's that same sort of like trust in my own self that I am, you know, that I believe in myself, that I have vision, that I see that vision and that I can go execute to that vision or whatever. And there's so many of the same things, I think, that are like moving the space of Web3 forward from all the things that need to be built and tools and whatever and like adoption and marketing. It, it all is going to come from the same place of people, you know, sort of taking in all the external uh, things that are happening around them and then spitting them back out from their own perspective. Hopefully that's done with, you know, good intentions. And, and if it is, then great. You know, it's also the risk of it being done from a place of bad intentions as we've seen and we all see what happens when when things go sideways too you know which is part of it yeah 100% yeah. i think um you know in some in some maybe not so small way there's still a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths about uh you know web3 and nfts and you know you're just flipping stupid jpegs and dogecoin like i feel like a lot of people who are not into the space at all who i you know start mentioning it to you know, those are the types of things that come up. Um, I'm curious what what you guys think, you know, and, and that's just like the space getting a bad rap because there are bad actors. And, you know, 2021 was sort of driven by a lot of this speculative hype cycle of like, what's the next PFP? But now I think in this bear market, you know, people say it's a build market, not a bear market. And you see all the people who are still in the space right now, mostly, you know, building with the right intentions and, and having, um you know, just wanting to propel the space forward in the right way in in a way that sort of got drowned out in some small ways, I think, last year. Um, I'm curious what you guys think the general sentiment around Web3 is within the broader music industry, as far as like personal experience you guys have had or, or people you've talked to who are both in and out of the space and, and how they view Web3 and its and its future with music. I think it's in the same cycle of evolution that everything goes through. You know, I, we've seen it in human history over and over again. There's like, even, even like, for instance, like with, with the internet, you know, when it came out and then there was like 
the dot com, everyone's into it, and then it's like this huge thing, and then it drops, and people are like, oh, it was a failure. Because people couldn't see the full thing of what the internet was going to be yet. Nobody really knew. There was just like, you know, you can, like, why would I want to go read Time Magazine on a website? Because I can read it on this paper. To me, it's like it's like the same cycle of what Web3 is going through now with this bear market. It's like people saw this sort of potential or maybe there was just like, oh, I could make a lot of money. That's cool. And then it's going to drop and then it's going to, you know, do do uh, do what things always do. You know, this, uh, to me, I'm just like, oh, this is just part of it. Yeah. I mean, any any technology innovation comes with, uh, you know, inherent risks of, of being manipulated for, for negative. And I think, you know, part of the world we live in with social media and algorithms and amplification of the negative news travels faster and further and, you know, tends to be stickier, right? So it's like, yeah, there's a shitload of bad actors and people that are just out there to try to cash in. And obviously it's so early that we don't really know how things will shake out, you know, from, from a guardrail perspective. So it's like, yeah, there's bad actors, right? And if you can't see beyond the the narrative that's the thing you see and we don't all have time to go and like become crypto maxis overnight right so it's like yeah we got to find entry points that i think just make sense and and you know we again we talk a lot about that stuff like i don't you know fans that don't necessarily understand blockchain can understand if i love jaguar twin and i want to collect some of that and i find this code i can own it right like it's it's like a thing I would do anyway. Like it didn't have to be on chain, but then all of a sudden it is. And you're like, no, I actually have ownership over this one of one digital item. It changes the feeling, right? Everybody remembers the first time they sort of minted something that they felt like had perceived value and they realized they own it. That's a crazy moment. So like, how do you give people that real world experience versus the headline? That's just like, whatever, any, name any headline that's negative. Right. And I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever you want to call it, builder's market, however you want to frame it, just sort of always focused over here on like, what can be that experience that actually gives somebody an aha, this just makes sense moment, because they're not thinking about the technology at that point, you know, and that's really, again, that's the, that's the goal, that's the promise. Yeah, technology disappears into the background, like it always has, whether it was the printing press or oil painting or the internet or, or whatever, it's, it's a tool. And I think whatever we build, as humans will inherently be built in our image um web through will be built in our image it will it will be built to what everyone collectively is putting into it just like the just like web 2 was built in our image you know um and people you know often talk about whether it's facebook meta or or you know the older platforms the ig like they're like any power Josh talking about, it's a double-edged sword. There's beautiful things. Facebook connected billions of people around the world in a way that has never been possible. It also did some incredibly destructive things to the human psyche. You know, equal good and bad. Um, you know, it's beyond black and white, but I think whatever we do will be built in our image. So I think you know, we try to be very conscious of what we're putting into what we build to make it um, as truthful as it can be. Yeah, I, I love that. I think, um, you know, it's 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 cool hearing a perspective like that of, of guys like you who are really engaging in the space the right way and have that, you know, 
can can see the broader vision um you know i think you know you, you it's just going to take time like anything like you said you know the internet people didn't people didn't think that was going to make it at first and then you know like music streaming had a lot of negative backlash and and you know just like anything it has a lot of you know there's pros and cons it it makes music a lot more easily discoverable but you know it has also you know affected the industry in a way where like maybe some people are producing for the algorithm or you know there's just different politics and gatekeepers associated with it um as far as like long-term vision goes i'm curious what your long-term thoughts and plans are for you know engaging with the web3 space and what you have you know what what your plans are you know long term for for music and web3 well the hall of mirrors is is an infinitely deep and evolving world and map and um you know it's going to continue to expand um I think early next year we're 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 gonna drop some expansions and yeah, continue to explore. I mean, I wish I knew the the future future, but I but I don't know the future of the future. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. With that, it's like, well, what we do know is, you know, we we believe it's a, a core nucleus for the community that that's building whatever. Call it fans, call it community, call it whatever. But like the idea that we believe that there's a whole world here where where through the Hall of Mirrors we can sort of super serve the the people and humans that are most passionate about about the music, which is of course the core of all of this, right? Like web three or not, streaming or not, like music is an undeniable connective tissue and connective fabric in the world and we need to keep making beautiful music, which Roy has no, you know, no lack of, right? That's an infinite thing. And so for us it's really just about finding those songs and then figuring out how to extend the experience of those songs through through digital experiences that help fans understand the music and understand themselves through it. And so I feel like when Roy says like, you know, who knows the future of the future, it's like, it's really just that the song itself is the seed for all of it. And so until there's music to sort of build around, it's like, we don't know the exact path, but what we do know is that, you know, we sort of, we architected the Hall of Mirrors in a way that we, we know it can be sort of an infinitely expanding uh, universe for the world of Jaguar Twin. And so, you know, we, we are going to continue building and, and uh, taking all the signals in from the rest of the space and, you know, seeing innovations as they come up, like, you know, sound builds the protocol and we're, you know, we love doing drops over on sound. It's like, well, how do we integrate those two worlds together? And so it's like, well, we're, you know, we're building a, a, a crown NFT, um, little artifact uh, where if you're a sound collector, you have a new visual trait on your crown, you know, that shows it. So it's like stuff like that where like, you know, those things come up as other innovations happen around the space and we'll continue uh, to partner and build and, you know, hopefully in a positive way. Yeah, I saw that sound crown feature, um, you know, when I was poking around Jaguar Twins NFT releases, I thought that was a really cool um example of the composability of the technology you know you can integrate with a platform like sound and sort of take that contract and merge it with you know the stuff you're doing independently um which i think is really interesting totally. it's 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 cool how you can sort of overlay those different platforms um how so i how did that release on sound go i'd like to hear more about your experience with you know working with them and releasing on that platform and how you view you know something curated like that versus like doing stuff independently or, or open platforms um you know how, how do you how do you think about all that and how how is sound 
it was really cool to release on sound actually um it was a song that that i wrote during the making of 33 i was out visiting josh in ithaca and he lives on this like beautiful property there like across the street from the dalai lama's monastery just like gorgeous deer running around and um it was like sunset and i was just at the house and had this song i just kind of like wrote it on acoustic guitar like thinking about my childhood and growing up and um it it never really got um like produced uh in the shuffle of 33 but i always like really loved the song and then it was cool to to take a song that's just like in demo form um and put it on sound and and i think it sold out in minutes right yeah i think it's sold out yeah it's well yeah we did a we did a little bit of a pre-sale for for uh crown nft holders folks that had already collected a jaguarton music yeah. nft and yeah then it sold out immediately and you know i feel like yeah just kudos sound keeps you know pushing the envelope and shipping features and that's just like amazing you know like they've continued from from uh from launch to just be a juggernaut and you know making it simple and fun and all these things and i mean you know yeah the experience there was great and you know looking to keep building around it i think like there's you know as we've as we've sort of built hall of mirrors you start to realize there's like a whole ecosystem and there's so many different pieces to that puzzle of where you know there's pockets of folks in music that are really interested in royalty splits and stuff like royal there's pockets that are interested in music as collectibles there's people that are rethinking copyright and you know and on-chain royalties there's folks that are thinking about fan experience like medallion and derek davies and all those folks like all of it's needed, you know? And so on, on, on Roy as an artist, it's like, Roy wants to make amazing music that people connect to, right? And so for us, we wanna, we wanna be all the places where the music industry is thriving um, in Web3. We wanna participate, we wanna build alongside them and, and keep going where, where the sort of the current is, you know? And, and so, yeah, we love, love sound. There's definitely, uh, we're working on the next bunch of drops there and trying to continue, uh, you know, offering something unique when we do. Yeah, that's cool. So how how has the feedback been from your fans generally as you've gotten into this whole Web3 landscape? I mean, I'm I'm sure you've had plenty of people who have been super engaged with Hall of Mirrors and everything you've been putting out. I'm curious overall what do you think, you know, the fans uh, you know, what the fans feedback has been and if there's been any negative feedback how you've dealt with it. It's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, early on, there was definitely some questions from, from especially like the core fans on like, why are you doing this? And, and, and before like really like the Hall of Mirrors existed and things like it was like, why are you doing FTs? Um, but I think as we continue to build and grow, people are, are really resonating with it. And I think, I think seeing sort of the, um, the long term of, of of the implications of what working in Web three can do for an artist and for fans. It's been it's been very very beautiful. Yeah, we were we were really particular about just being upfront that hey, like you know, this is not going to be for everybody, and that's fine also. And it's also not the entirety of the Jaguar Trim project. You know, it's a it's a piece to it, and it's an important one. Here's why we're there. We opened ourselves up in Discord to open conversations. Just said, so, you know, we're here to poke any questions. And obviously, at the end of the day, it's that same thing. Like people have to find their own truth with it. And so, you know, all good. Like, you know, no judgment either way side of it. But really, just trying to break down the 
the top line headlines uh, and get into the meat of what the actual reasons were there. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's been great. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's cool. I think, um, you know, as fans understand your intentions behind it, I can, I can see how that just helps them, you know, get on board with, with the whole endeavor. Um, how have you thought about the pricing and like number of additions around these NFT drops that you've been doing? We've just been yeah, doing I mean, Yeah. <laughs> They haven't changed since six months ago. You know, the album's called 33. We're doing editions of 33 at 0.1 ETH, and we haven't, you know, we haven't changed that. And that's just like, that's how the album cycle's gone. You know, on the sound drop, it was, you know, it was a little different and, you know, market conditions, all the stuff. But, I, you know, we don't, we don't put a crazy amount into that. Again, like this is one piece of the puzzle and, um, you know, we want to make it accessible. And, you know, for that, that piece of it for us is really, it's more about building community right now than it is thinking about, you know, financials. I think the market will create itself. The the project will create its own value long-term and we're just, you know, we're just trying to build. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense. Like, it's it's you have to be in it for the long term to really find success it's not going to be like overnight you're selling you know 100 editions at one ETH each or like you know that's not and if that's why you're in it you know you're it's hard to find success that way it's more about you know like you said engaging your fans and building the community and then you know long term i totally agree yeah the market the market will build itself as you know adoption increases um so have you talked to other artists about getting into web three like i'm curious what you would say to um you know other musicians who maybe know about the space but think it's either too much of a time commitment or too complicated to get into or have that same you know have this bad taste in their mouths about it have you talked to other artists and how do you explain the benefits of you know how it can benefit your career to other musicians i definitely talked to probably most of my artist friends about it just because I love nerding out on it. Um, and I find, I, I mean, I found that most people I talk to are very intrigued with the space, um, you know, and different people are at different places in their careers where some like, it may not make sense to go to Web3 because they have a, a career and like you know it, it, it's more of a risk or they have a label situation or whatever it is um it may not make sense and and it's really cool for newer up-and-coming artists because it's sort of um there's more room to play sometimes so i think that's really exciting for for up-and-coming artists Jake, I, I apologize, but I'm about 10 minutes over another call, so I have to bounce to it. I don't know if there's anything uh, close out for you. Um, or, yeah, or no. Or Roy could stay on if, you know, for another five minutes if you, if you need. No, totally fine. Honestly, I was going to say as we're wrapping up, if there's anything else you guys want to touch on that I don't think we have, you know, I'm happy to give you a chance to shout out whatever, you know, if we haven't touched on anything. But, yeah, this has been a great conversation. I don't want to hold you up too too long. I feel like Roy. I feel like Roy and I could talk for ten hours if we were given the the space to, which is beautiful. But my only shout outs, you know, appreciate you building the space, man, and and trying to you know raise voices and create space for for artists to talk about what they're up to. Appreciate that. Thank you.
Yeah, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Yeah, same same to both of you guys, and you know we'll have to do it again sometime. I I think uh, you know I definitely learned a lot, and it's always great hearing new perspectives on you know how the space is developing and and how people are building and engaging with it. So yeah, thanks again. Awesome, man. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate the time. All right, sounds good. See you guys. All right, thanks, Jake. All right, thanks so much for listening. Make sure to check the links in the show notes to find and support Jaguar Twin, the Hall of Mirrors, and Cathedral. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. You can also follow along on social media at the Web3 Music Pod on Twitter and Instagram to keep up with new episodes and announcements. And please feel free to reach out with feedback, suggestions, questions, or comments. I'm always looking for more input on how to make this podcast better. But if you like what I'm doing, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends who might be interested in listening. Thanks again. Until next time.